Hi, this is Leo Laporte, and I'd like to introduce a brand new podcast to the Twit lineup. Security Now with Steve Gibson. This is episode one for August 18th, 2005. You all know Steve Gibson. Uh, he, of course, appears on Twit regularly this week in tech. And we've known him for a long time. He's been a regular on the screensavers and call for help. And, uh, you know, is well known to computer users everywhere for his products. He's very well known to uh, consumers for um, Spinrite which uh, was the inspiration for Norton Disk Doctor and still runs rings around it. It is the ultimate uh, hard drive diagnostic recovery and file-saving tool. It's really a remarkable tool that everybody should have a copy of from GRC.com. But he's also uh, been a very active consumer advocate, uh, working uh, really hard to help folks um, uh, with their security. He first came to my attention with a click of death, uh, which was uh, that was the zip drive iOmega right. hassle, uh, and w- and I were, was it you that kind of talked iOmega into uh, into admitting that there was a problem? Um, actually, I think it was it was the, our show. It, it, it was the the, the screensavers show. The screensavers. That, yeah, wow. because you know they they we had them on the phone, and they and and it was David David something I can't remember his name now who said there oh, that's is right. There, a problem and yeah there's a problem and and it was great too because we cornered him to saying that on the air yes on the air that if if anyone had this problem they would replace That's... i omega would replace their drives i forgot about that and i i made a wave file of that and put it on my site <laughs> saying hey you you heard it from the guy from i omega themselves they're, they're going to replace your drive if you've got the click of death and people were like woohoo you know and they were you know, emailing this wave file to iOmega saying, hey, this is what you said. I want a new drive. It worked. It was great. It worked. I'm also going to mention, of course, uh, the fact that you uh, were the first to discover spyware, coined the term spyware, wrote the very first anti-spyware program. Yeah, and... found some on my own machine. Yeah. And uh, and then, and then of course, D- Dale Haig was the guy who who publicized it. Yeah, actually, he sort of over-publicized it. He talked about the... the, um, the um, they uh, oriate uh, spyware, and he said it was doing all kinds of other things, and that's what opt out. I cr- I wrote opt out, you know, in a, right. in a few days in order to remove that. The very first anti spyware tool. Yep. And Shields Up is up to now what thirty million? Uh, thirty thirty nine. Almost forty million systems tested. Yep. I just used it last night. Um, and then finally, of course, Steve's continually coming out and and really uh, been very uh, good at analyzing security threats in uh, particularly in windows and publicizing these threats things like the problems with plug and play and he wrote the great program unplug and pray unplug and play (laughs) (laughs) and and, uh decombobulator to fix the decom uh flaw Uh, so he's been very good about uh, calling microsoft to task and in fact uh, was probably the one sole voice in the wilderness against against raw sockets. Boy, was I! And uh, <laughs> even took a lot of heat for that. Uh, and Microsoft poo pooed it, and others said, "Oh, Steve Gibson is, uh, you know, just being hysterical." And then, lo and behold, some years later, Microsoft <laughs> just a few months ago, secretly without much fanfare, turned off raw sockets and Windows. Finally, admitting that they're indeed is a huge problem with Ross Sockets. And, and, just, and, and, you know, the one other thing, too, is leak test. That is still the number one most downloaded freeware we have. What does leak test do? Leak test was was a thing I did years ago because none of the personal firewalls were checking to see whether the program was actually 
the, the program you had permitted. Ah. You know, so so it, it, it prevented programs masquerading as Internet Explorer. And, it's t- and that's still the number one download. Yeah. Interesting. Even though it's dumb. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, despite all this, he still uses Windows. I don't know what's wrong with you, Steve. Everybody else does. So that's where I, I'm in the middle of where the problem is. So, Steve Gibson, uh, this is going to be fun. We'll do this every week and talk about what's going on in security and what you really have a knack for. And I've observed this now uh, working with you for years is taking what is really obscure, difficult to understand security information, understanding it because you're, you know, you, you get it, you're brilliant, and then making it accessible for us. And I hope that's what you'll do each week on this show. I look, I look forward to it. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about Zotob, this virus that has been sweeping the world, particularly media companies yeah it's 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 interesting that that it hit them um uh, basically the problem is uh, one week ago on the ninth i think it was microsoft did their standard second tuesday of the month announcement of vulnerabilities here are the things that we now have patches for the the thing that has really brought people up short is that within three days of announcing it the the hackers the malicious hackers of the world had had analyzed the patch figured out what it was patching although microsoft really gave no information about that and had figured out based on what the patch was this is the vulnerability that microsoft was fixing and then engineered a a worm an internet worm to go after windows 2000 machines based on this vulnerability that was never really disclosed, only the fix for it was disclosed. That's the fastest turnaround ever, yes? Yes, normally it's been like a month and a half. When, when like Sasser, the, the vulnerability from, from late April of 2004, that, that was a vulnerability called LSASS, is, is a service running in Windows, and then the Sasser worm was, was created from that, but it took about six weeks. Why is it that they're getting smarter or that this is just an easy one to exploit? How come so quick? Actually, I think um, it's probably desperation. There hasn't been anything for about, what, 14 months, 15 months. And they were all still using this old LSASS vulnerability. So, you know, the, the idea is that all of the... All of the carrier technology, the the bot technology, the worm technology, everything is like well-developed now and poised to take advantage of anything that happens in Windows. So they've got everything ready to go. They just need a hole. Exactly. So as soon as they had some way to get control, remote control of a Windows machine, they just stuck that little bit of code into their existing infrastructure and off they went. What are these guys doing? Are they trying to put mail servers on my system? What is their goal? Well, they are these. They, they, f- f- first of all, many of the news stories mischaracterize this as a virus because you know I guess just it's easy for them to say virus because that's just what they think of. But what is it? But in fact, what we're seeing are worms. And of course, the difference between a worm and a virus is that a worm self-propagates, whereas a virus has traditionally been defined as the user has to do something to get themselves infected. Usually open an email attachment. So you don't don't have to open an attachment to get this one. No. If you've got a... uh, the, the, The ideal situation would be a Windows 2000 machine. And, and so we ought to mention that XP won't have this problem. But Is that because a, of the patch? Um, actually, XP 
has the vulnerability and the patch fixes this in XP, even the most recently patched Windows you know, XP Service Pack 2 machine with all the security stuff. Um, um, however, um, in XP and further in Service Pack 1 and even further in Service Pack 2, other, other sort of related security enhancements, uh, specifically anonymous logon and, and and admin logon are are required. Whereas on on Windows 2000, you you an, an anonymous connection to a Windows 2000 machine can infect it. That's funny because I usually think of 2000 as being more secure than XP. In this case, not. Well, and of course. Uh, that's certainly the case, and also in Service Pack Two, you would you would finally have XP's firewall running by default, and so that would block it. So, if you had a firewall of any kind, a router or a software firewall running, if you were running XP, none, you would not be vulnerable. So, it's really only Windows 2000 machines that have not been patched that are not behind a firewall that are vulnerable. True. Now, and so for, as a consequence of that. Most end users were not affected. The other, the other protection that, that an end user might have, even if you had a Windows 2000 machine, which, of course, most end users have by now, the, most end users went from the, the last edition of 98, and they jumped over 2000 right. and went to it's XP. It's mostly business that has 2000. E- exactly. Right. But, but even if you were an end user with 2000, no, fire, no add-on firewall, no NAT router protecting you with like a raw broadband connection where you'd like be okay come get me i mean you know it's like you know i mean first of all i'd be surprised if your machine was still on the net anyway because you know it would just be attacked so quickly um but um the the it turns out the exploit port is netbios the good old you know i mean it's what i created shields up to warn people about five years ago file sharing exactly it's the netbios uh, the next BIOS ports one three nine and four four five, and for example, my my cable modem provider Cox, they block those ports for me. So, for example, if if I were to if I, I and I have like a ninety eight machine on on my cable modem, and sometimes I'll bring the I'll bring my firewall down just to see what's going on, <laughs> and if I scan it with my own Shields Up service, I see green spots. Every, every, everything is is. Um, is um, protected stealth is, te- is, is stealth like those ports 135 through 139 and 445 and a couple other are being stealthed by cox my cable modem provider interesting so because, good, in fact that more and more isps are doing that they're 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 providing in effect firewalls for their users Exactly, because they don't want their clients' machines to get infected by these things because typically it turns these machines into zombies that then obey remote control instructions and, for example, are sending spam out. So who got it? Well, that's what's re- <laughs> and that's how what, that's what's really interesting is that CNN did a big a big story on, on on this on Sunday night. ABC, the Financial Times, the New York Times, General Electric, UPS, and even Caterpillar. You know, major corporations got it, and the way they got it is they're not the typical end user. Most apparently about fifty percent of corporate desktops are still using Windows two thousand. Because it works. I mean, I'm using Windows 2000. I'm really not yet even an XP user because XP doesn't really have anything that I want or need. 
So about half of the corporate desktops are are using Windows 2000. Now, of course, but they're still behind firewalls. Exactly. They're absolutely behind a corporate firewall, but they're not running individual machine firewalls. Oh, so So, a corporate firewall. Okay, I'm going to let you follow the. The, the train of thought here. Plus, and I might add, they don't update these things as regularly as end users might. Exactly. Well, for example, the, the, um, the patch was available from Microsoft the prior Tuesday before Infection Tuesday, does, which was... Does Windows we, 2000 do automatic updates in the same way that Windows uh, XP does? It can, although it doesn't force it on you, so, you know, sort, of, sort of in the same way. Most corporate computers probably don't have it turned on. They probably don't have... Auto, exactly. Yeah. They don't have automatic update turned on. Um, and it might not be able to function through uh, the corporate firewall anyway. Because, I mean, certainly corporations are have had problems like this in the past. I mean, they got zapped by Sasser and they got zapped by Blaster. So, you know, the IT guys in in corporate um, world, they're going to have a firewall super locked down. But what happened was some, some, some telecommuters got their laptops infected over the weekend when this thing began propagating at the end of last week. And then they brought the laptops into work plugged them into the network, ah. and got infected from within. So the road warriors out yep. for the weekend who didn't yep. have protection brought it in and then infected the network because there's no internal firewalling. It's, they're already, it's, they brought it into the, the safe space. Brought it inside. And it, exactly. So Windows 2000 machines didn't have local personal firewalls. They were all depending upon the corporate barricade right. on, on, uh, you know, at, at, at the Internet interface. But they got infected massively from from within. Do you think uh, there's a lesson learned here? There's uh, behavioral changes that need to be made? Well, I, I think so. I mean, it's certainly the case that if corporations wanted to stay with 2000 and they had firewalls per machine, then they, they wouldn't have got. I mean, you know, CNN and the New York Times were seriously hurt by this. You know, they got really they got really zapped. So, so had those machines had local personal firewalls, this wouldn't have been a problem. There are companies, for example, uh, Zone Alarm has the technology and Sygate has the technology. In fact, Symantec just yesterday announced they're buying, Symantec is buying Sygate in order to acquire their corporate lockdown technology, whatever they call it, where, where they, they would run the, a Sygate personal firewall, soon to be renamed the, you know, the Norton Internet Security for Corporations 2006 <laughs> or, or, something. God, who, who, or something, who knows. And they'd be running that on every single one of these machines. And then the idea is that they would have central policy control over what the individual machines firewalls would be able to do. Right. I mean, and then, you know, no one wants to do it because it just mucks up your computer. But it's it's clearly necessary. Either that or ban laptops. Well, exactly. Now, for example, uh, I have a friend who's, who has a corporate laptop. Uh, he works for 3M. And the only way that laptop can get on the Internet is by using a VPN tunnel into 3M that then allows the 3M network to go out. So, so you're bas- never on the net on your own connection. You're always on e- 3M's connection. Exactly. I mean, and he hates it. Because you know it's 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 a slower connection right. than if he just could get his own he could get that laptop on the net. But 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 3M's IT guys have have like you know screwed this thing down so tight that that nothing is able to to run at all. And now you know why they do that. 
And now it's really it's real clear that that was a good policy on their side. Does this uh, herald uh, anything new uh, or is this just uh, business as usual? Just yet another network worm and uh, some people who had one little hole that they weren't keeping an eye on. Um, I would say this was this was another network worm. It's probably significant that it was back on on Windows 2000 and not on XP because you know most of the world is moving to XP. Microsoft's security provisions in XP, even though they didn't deal with this vulnerability, it would have prevented a worm from being written to a to an to an XP machine, both because of internal policies and because Microsoft finally is running a firewall yeah. by default on X, on on Service Pack two of XP. So we talked about this the last time you were on call for help. It, it, hackers are going to ha- because finally XP is getting so buttoned down. Hackers are going to start to have to look for new ways and new operating systems to attack. It's funny too because I've thought about that several times since you and I did that that call for help show there have been several announcements of vulnerabilities in third-party software backup software specifically where where exactly this is going on is is external remote take your computer over if you're using this backup software kind of stuff so more and more do you think attacks will uh, uh, take those avenues i think so because i think microsoft i mean it's taken microsoft god knows you know 15 years to 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 button this stuff up but they're finally as a policy they're showing some real improvement steve gibson as usual you did it again always a pleasure leo that's it for this edition of security now with steve gibson security now with steve gibson can be heard every thursday starting at midnight so you can download it for friday or your weekend you can listen on AOL Radio at AOLmusic.com or, of course, to our feed at feeds.feedburner.com slash security now. And we thank AOL Radio for the bandwidth for this podcast. I'm Leo Laporte. See you next time on Security Now with Steve Gibson. <laughs>